ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Friday, April 17th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. You can also find me on social media, Twitter, the best place today, at Paul Swan. That's the best place to find me today. Coming up on the program, we're going to hear from the head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team, Michael Swan. He will be on the program here in about 10 minutes, so we'll talk to him about a couple of additions to the program and just hit, just get his thoughts on everything that's been going on, recruiting, pandemic, everything that's been pretty much involved since we all started to self-quarantine, social distance, or physical distancing. Really, that's more of the accurate term, physical distancing. But social distancing going to be the word of 2020 when it's all said and done. So Coach is going to come on the program here in the next 10 minutes. We'll talk to him. Looking forward to that. And as I mentioned, we'll get your comments on social media at Paul Swan on Twitter. So a couple of things I want to lead off with. First of all, If you've been following the news, just the news, not watching sports news, you've been watching the daily pressers, you've been following along with what President Trump has been saying on a daily basis, you know that the White House unveiled a set of guidelines for states to determine if they can start reopening their economies. And that's going to be a big if right now because we don't know where states are. Everything is going to be so hit or miss. With that, the question is, how possible will sports be? Major sporting events, when can that happen? And at the briefing, President Trump suggested that the guidelines make it possible to resume major sporting events, and he's talking about sooner than later. He did tell the reporters that many of them will be starting without the fans, so it will be made for television. He said the good old days, made for television, and it will go that way, and maybe the fans will start coming in. Maybe they will be separated by two seats, and then ultimately they want to have packed arenas when the virus is gone. Now, that's that's a big stretch goal right there because the virus will not be gone anytime soon. And I don't know if two seats is going to be enough. Two seats all directions? We're going to stagger this because if someone's sitting right in front of me, they're not not—they're definitely not six feet away from me. If you've got two seats in between me and someone else, is that six feet? Wouldn't you like to have more distance? How's this going to play out? And, of course, you've got people coming in from other states. You don't know if they're bringing the virus with them. One state could be doing great. Another state, not so much. But I'm going to this game. It's the state over. Who knows? So a lot of questions there. But we could be seeing if lawmakers, health officials, sports leagues and all put this together. Maybe we're looking at sports on television for a time to come. And, of course, that means sports on radio. And I'm ready for it. Whenever it's feasible, I'm ready for it. We've been been airing classic games. 
We're going to have more classic games for you next week. Pirates classic games. We're going to have NFL greatest games. Love to get some herd games on. I don't think we can do that. But we've got lots of classic games coming up and looking forward to adding more to the schedule until we can get live sports coming back. And, of course, we've got the NFL draft coming up. And on television, you've got the WNBA draft. How many people are going to tune into that? See, that's the thing. We're going to see, this is going to be a gauge, how many people want to see live, real sporting events. Not on tape, not previously. Herd fans, all fans, just want games. We all want games. We want sports. We want baseball right now. I want hockey. Some of you want NBA. We want this. And so... Is the White House opening the way for this to happen? Will sports leagues be able to do this? Will states open up in a fashion that will allow this? Because at the end of the day, I don't think we're playing hockey in New York anytime soon. I don't think that's happening. Are we trying to set this up so we have college athletics? And that's an entirely different story. We're going to get into that later on. Western Kentucky making an announcement that they're cutting some, not staff, they're cutting some revenue. They're cutting some pay. And you're starting to see that across the country in athletic departments and other organizations. The NBA, players are going to start losing. Well, I don't want to say losing. There's going to be a reduction of what they're getting paid. There's going to be a cut. College athletic directors starting to take cuts. Coaches starting to take pay cuts. And we're talking about highly paid coaches taking pay cuts at a different percentage, depending on the institution, So there's more revenue flowing to, say, the non-revenue sports, the coaches that are in the non-revenue avenue of the athletic department. All of this is going on. It varies by athletic department. And, of course, we've been talking about how the group of five, they want to have a little bit more flexibility on how they handle their business, possibility of maybe sports being cut, maybe scheduling changes, all of that. And it was good to see Mike Hamrick come out yesterday. Marshall's athletic director, Grant Trailer does a great job of covering the beat for the Thundering Herd. And he talked to Mr. Hamrick. And Mike pretty much saying, look, that's not on the table. If it is on the table in the future, that's, of course, the future. But right now, that's not on the table. And I don't think Mike is operating in that mode that I've got to cut sports. I'm going to make a decision. I've got to cut this sport so I can save everything else. I don't think that's happening at Marshall. And it was good to hear Mike Hammer come out and speak to Grant, and that's in the Herald-Dispatch. So a good job by Grant on that reporting. And again, Grant does a fantastic job of covering the beat for the Thundering Herd, and that's a great story for you to read. It's good to hear Mike Hammer come out and talk about these things because I'm sure a lot of Herd fans are kind of curious. A lot of Marshall fans want to know, you're going to cut my sport? Are you going to cut my favorite sport? Maybe you're not a football person. Maybe you're a softball fan. Maybe you're a soccer fan, and you're a fan of Marshall women's soccer. And so you're excited that Michael Swan's coming on the program here in the next few minutes. So I'll tell you what. We're going to step aside, take our first commercial break. We'll come back. We'll hear from the head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team, Michael Swan, the best last name of all the coaches at Marshall University, Nobody else comes close. So my favorite named coach, Michael Swan, joining me on the program when we come back from break here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Friday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Let's welcome to the program now the head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team and the coach with the best last name. He's missing one end, but other than that, it's pretty much perfect. Michael Swan with us. Coach, good talking to you again. How you been? I'm good, Paul. Thank you. I got to still get that second N on your last name. Other than that, again, best name of all the coaches. You can even tell Coach <laughs> Agnes that I said so. You can tell Ari I said that. I will. I will. I will. You've been pretty busy. The um, The quarantine hasn't stopped you from adding additions to the team. And uh, you announced yesterday you had a couple uh, join the team. Both are transferring from East Carolina University and Catherine Gonzalez and Lauren Wheeler-Hollis. Um, what can you tell us about these young ladies? Yeah, so we um, we talked um, a lot with the young ladies. This is before the quarantine uh, went down, and we, um, you know, we kind of got stopped on the on the on the front end of um, the quarantine with with announcing that they were deciding to come. So it was delayed a little bit. We still had a lot of work to do um, with with getting both on board, but. Um, everything's a, a process, and we were able to get these two young ladies through the door. So, um, Lauren is a is a both are wonderful people. They're just they're great human beings, and that's what we're trying to build into the program. Um, Lauren's predominantly a defender. Um, her her family actually resides in this in the Huntington area, um, and up in Ashland too. So, uh, mom was a recent graduate, but you know that didn't take away from what we were recruiting. Um, we we're recruiting a very good player. In Lawrence, so she's going to add to our defensive, uh, you know, back four, back six, and um, just make us a lot more solid back there. And then on the flip side, uh, Kat is more of an attacking player who's um, pretty dynamic around the 18-yard box. She's got the ability to to score goals from distance. She's very crafty, uh, very creative, and um, so she's going to add a lot of experience and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of quality in the in the attacking third of the field. So both both very good uh, individuals. I think uh, they're going to be great assets to our program in the next couple of years. With both transferring from East Carolina University, was this a package deal, or did it just happen to work out this way? Um, I, I knew a little bit about the pro- ECU with, because of my time at Charlotte. So we, we played them on a couple of occasions, and um, they'd been through a coaching change two years prior. Um, so, you know, part of a, a coaching transition you're going to have you know, individuals who are who are looking for a new opportunity. Um, just so happened that the style of play didn't suit um, the young ladies, so it wasn't a package deal. It was it was two individuals who were looking for a, a place to, to to call home, and um, you know they, they they are good friends, of course, because they've been on a, a team together. Um, but you know, it was it was just one of those things that worked out. We were talking with a lot, a few more transfers as well, and unfortunately, we weren't able to get them on campus because of the quarantine and we missed out on them. So, you know, we, we, we got two very good players and, and Lauren and Kat, and uh, we, we missed out on one or two more, but um, we're very happy with, with what we've got. And we're still working hard to try and add numbers to our roster. And that's an interesting point you bring up, and I want to follow up on that, but I want to ask first before we go with the recruiting, with both players coming from East Carolina – knowing each other, their friends, does that help? Is that a unique situation where you're bringing in a couple of players who already have familiarity with each other, their players, they know each other, how they operate? Does that help them acclimate? Does that help them 
work together with the other players? How does that work? Yeah, it, it really does. It gives them a sense of comfort when they when they join the team. Um, it's always difficult for you know transfers to to join the program, especially if they're if they're on their own and they're just coming in as a you know a sole transfer. Um, I think the fact that they both play on both ends of the field, they've got a you know I wouldn't say they've got a connection on the field, but they've certainly got a connection with uh, you know what what happens in the locker room, what happens in. Um, you know, pre-season, what happens in, in the in the the off-season? You know, they, so they've got a good gauge of what's going on. I think it's the, just the comfort level of, of being with somebody that you know and you can trust is going to be an added bonus to to the pro. You know, to their transition more than anything, um, and give them that comfort when they when they arrive in August. Joining us on the program, Marshall women's soccer coach Michael Swan and. You brought up the fact that with the COVID-19 pandemic, recruiting has changed. It's probably more challenging for you now to to stay in place, stay quarantined at the same time, still operate as if you're going to have a soccer team and try to build that. What's the challenge there? You mentioned already you, you probably lost out on a couple of opportunities because you couldn't bring potential student-athletes on campus. What's the challenge here and what's changed for you? Well, it's changed for everybody. So you know, there's the, the transfer portal, which is which is out there right now for women's soccer, um, especially because you know we're talking women's soccer. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of student athletes out there that are still looking for a place to to call home, um, whether it be a transfer, whether it be you know graduate school. Um, it's it's across the board that these transfers are out there. The toughest thing is for for the for the for the transfer students is. They can't visit anywhere right now, so they're going on, you know, Zoom calls. They're going on virtual visits. Um, we've done one ourselves, um, and it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress. You know, we hope we can come out of this a little bit stronger in the end. Um, but you know, the whole, the amount of time now that you have to spend on the phone with with student athletes or potential student athletes is is much more, um, and it's it's setting the right, you know, impression of them to, to give them that comfort level that they're going to be in the the hands of, of good people so you know that's where it is right now with the whole process it's it's very tricky but it's something that we've you know it's kind of old school when when i was coming to the us we, i never set foot on a campus we we just did everything over the phone and closed our eyes and imagined what was what was out there so hopefully we can do the same thing um, with some of the transfers and the technology is still allowing you to do almost everything you need to do. You can send photos of the facility. I mean, if you wanted to, you could take a drone and record a flyover of the of the of the pitch. You can do all of this and still feel like you're having that one-on-one interactivity with with a potential athlete because you're right. It is old school. You're you're on the phone. You're doing video conference yeah. calls now. You've got to actually talk to the student athlete more than you've probably either been permitted in the past or just how the normal interactions take place. Yeah, it it really it it's it it it, it makes you look at you know one of the things that we're doing with our student athletes right now is we we don't get to see them face by face to face and you know sometimes when we're communicating with them. You know, we try and call them, and um, this is prior, before the, the pandemic. Um, you know, we'd shoot them, give them a phone call, and they'd text us back and say, do you need something? You know, and it's it's kind of weird. Now, what we've done is we've, we've kind of told our players that we're going to call you week one, but we want you to call us back, you know, and we can talk over the phone. So it's, you know, teaching a different way of communicating for the, 
for the younger generation in a way. But uh, you know, that's that's how it is, and, and that's the way it's going to be for probably the next six, seven, two months, and and just just work on things, work on just communicating and um, talking with with people is is probably the best thing we can do. We all need to stay connected. Marshall women's soccer coach Michael Swan joining us on the program. And with that communication, you're here building a program. You're trying to establish what your program's going to be, what you expect from your student athletes, and you're setting goals and expectations, and you're doing this all remotely, and you don't have everyone together in any situation to start a maybe try to build that cohesiveness or build that camaraderie, that chemistry with you and your student athletes. So has it been very challenging or are you finding ways around that or making the best of the situation to try to keep up with everyone at the same time, build that confidence and try to get these uh, young ladies to gel with you and to each, with each other? Um, it, it was a challenge when it, when it first happened, uh, but the university um, got a program where you know the whole university is using it. You know for the for teaching online, for groups, for work. Um, it's through Microsoft, Microsoft Teams, and then you've got the Zoom meetings that you can have. So we're permitted to have those meetings weekly. So you know one of the big things you want to do when you come into a program is build a culture, a culture that the, the student athletes want to be part of, a, a culture that they want to be involved in. Um, so essentially, what we've done before the pandemic pandemic came is we we split our program into three separate groups one was you know one was a group to define our culture or build our culture and give us the core values that we want to work with the other two groups were um community service and uh team building so what we've been able to do during during our time away from each other is we'll get online and we'll meet once a week and we'll talk about um the culture group will talk about what they want to do. Um, the community group talk about how they're going to reach out to the community, what can we be doing. Um, and then the team building group are planning for the future. And uh, they've told us with the team building group that, that we can expect something um, sometime in, uh, you know, after exams that we're, we're going to do a team building exercise online. Um, and, you know, I don't know what that is, but uh, one of my assistant coaches has, has certainly told me that it's going to be fun and exciting. So, yeah. We are in contact. It was challenging, but the way technology is now, it's um, we're going to have a wonderful time together. Even though we're not side by side, we're we're going to remember these times and remember these moments when we molded the program. Marshall women's soccer coach Michael Swan joining us on the program. How are you handling the difference of your schedule now? The adjustment you've had to make because I'm sure you're practicing social distancing, staying home as much as possible, doing everything you possibly can remotely. How has that impacted you and how you usually would proceed in the off-season building up to the next season? Um, the, the recruiting side of it is obviously we, we can't recruit right now. We can't go off campus. We can't go out to state. So, you know, there's nothing there as far as preparing for, you know, new players or new recruits. So a lot of this has gone into planning. You know, what are we what is um what is our style of play going to look at? We're watching film, we're watching footage. Uh, we'll probably roll out some chalk talk with the players. Um, the social distancing side, you get to spend a lot more time at home with your family. Um, you, you get to teach your kids. Uh, we've turned into online teachers in a way, our, our homeschool teachers. So we're we're teaching our kids how to you know get you know get to the next grade. 
Um, and then, you know, at night time, you get to spend a lot more time with a, a clearer mind of, you know, family first. And, you, you know, it's been it's been fun to do that, you know, that type of things. But it is a little bit monotonous and we, we want to get out and do a lot more planning. But, you know, for right now, it's, it's all about family and making the right choices and social distancing and put this all behind us and come out stronger. I'm sure it's got to be crushing you as well, because just like the rest of us, we're all dying for live sporting events, and we're not getting it right now. I'm sure it's killing you. Oh, it is. It is. It really is. It's. Um, I've got my um, my group, my my text chain of friends who half are Liverpool fans and half are Manchester City fans and Newcastle fans and Liverpool fans are uh, waiting to be crowned Premier League champions, and we're all sitting back having a good laugh, but we there. We'd much rather be watching sports right now than anything, and you know, hopefully that's just around the corner, and we can we can start uh, enjoying uh, enjoying sports again too. I'm just kind of curious because I'm taking advantage of classic games. I'm getting to see some things maybe I haven't seen before, or I haven't seen in a long time. Are you taking advantage of that opportunity? Maybe okay, I haven't seen this match in forever, or hey, I've only heard about this match. I need to watch it. You know, has that at least been fun for you, helpful for you to to at least spend some time looking at some classic stuff? Yeah, it has. It has. I mean, back in the back in the day, main main coach Grassy, obviously from Newcastle, which is which is our team. We've talked about it before, and um, you know, there was once a day when Newcastle beat Manchester United five nil, and that that game was on TV the other day, and I was able to sit down and watch it. I was at the game. Uh, myself watching it inside the ground. So looking back and watching all those great moments were were awesome. Um, I think one of the other great things right now is, you know, the social media platforms that we've got. You know, the the surveys are going out. Who was your favourite player in in this country, this country, or who was your favourite club, or what was your favourite moment? And that just gets you on YouTube, and you start seeing some of the great the great players that we've that we watched over the years. And that's every sport. You know, that's every single sport. You find yourself watching. Hockey, basketball, NFL, and some of the Super Bowl games. So it's you know it's there, and you see the classics, and you you remember them. But you know you're waiting to see what's next, and that's the that's the one thing we we're all striving for. But you know my glory days were watching Newcastle win, and I, I think that's still a long way off. Joining us on the program, the head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team, Michael Swan. I'm just kind of curious, are you firing up the Xbox, challenging uh, Coach Grassy to a game of FIFA? I mean, what are you guys doing? I was never good at Xbox. Uh, I couldn't do any of those games. So, no, I'm going to keep – if he challenges me, I'll probably politely decline because uh, I'm not the greatest at that. I can play Wii, but I, I can't do any of the – too many buttons on the Xbox. Okay, well, you know, it, it can be Wii Soccer. That's, I mean, it doesn't have to be the Xbox. However, you need to beat him. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll do something fun. We'll do something fun. Michael Swan's our guest, the head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team. And um, on a more serious note, how reassuring is it you, of course, follow the news just as much as we do, and you see where college athletic Departments across the country are either cutting back or maybe something even terrible like Cincinnati losing their soccer program. And then your boss, your athletic director, comes out and pretty mm-hmm. much says, that's not on the table for us right now. How how mm-hmm. how good is that to hear? How reassuring is that to know that 
a, an athletic director like Mike Hamrick is is making sure that this pandemic doesn't have a lasting impact on all the sports at Marshall, including your sport. Yeah, it's it's so rewarding to know that we've got an administration that truly, truly cares about not just the well-being of of the the, the student athletes, which is the for, up at the foremost, but you know, for our personal lives and for our well, you know, our families. Um, it's it's from top to bottom that we're trying to you know we're trying to stick together and work out ways to um, get through this. And and Mr. Hamrick and and the the whole administration have been absolutely fantastic with everything they've done so far and we're still working every day we're in communication to to try and find new ways and innovative ways to to make this a good experience for everybody and you know to have that administration backing you and the administration just you know fighting to make sure that we get through this 100 percent um you know on the back end is, is is so pleasing it's so pleasing i think uh it just typifies and shows the the family that that we have at Marshall and and what we what we're striving to do. So, um, to have an administration like that is is priceless um, in in these times. And on the other side of that coin, you look out and you see other athletic departments and what they're doing. And as I mentioned, University of Cincinnati they cut mm-hmm. men's soccer, and I'm sure just a piece of you dies inside when a a university, doesn't matter men's or women's side, cuts a soccer program or any program. Mm -hmm. It it crushes you. It crushes you because, you know, somewhere along the line, we're all connected um, in the game, in in athletics. So, you know, it it could be any program as well. There's there's been a junior college that lost its program as well in Florida. Um, There's going to be probably some more on the, on the back end, um, some of the smaller schools you worry about the division two schools or division three schools that are, that rely on those you know students to come through the door and pay the tuition. You you just worry about you worry about everybody. You know you're constantly on the phone talking with your colleagues to make sure that they're okay. Um, Conference USA coaches are are communicating back and forth to share what what they're hearing or what they're seeing. So you know we've got to all look out for one another. Uh, we've just got to pray that we come out of this, you know, in, in good shape. And, you know, it, it, it you do bleed when you hear about Cincinnati and um, some other programs. I think it's Eastern Florida that just lost the men's program as well. So it's it crushes you. Um, it really does. But, you know, you just, you've just got to remain hopeful and um, let, 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 let it all play out and, and go from there. Joining us on the program, the head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team, Michael Swan. And, of course, great day for you yesterday, adding a couple additions to the program. Coach, I hope we get back to sports sooner than later and uh, we get to see you on the pitch real soon. Yes, thank you so much, and go ahead. Thank you, sir. Good talking to you. That is Michael Swan, the head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team. And, again, the best last name of any coach over at the university. We're going to take our next break. We will come back. A lot to get into, so stick around. We've got more for you coming up here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Friday, April 17th edition. Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Coming to you live every day. Hopefully we can continue to keep this up for you. I do appreciate everyone who's been checking in with me. And 
listening. It's much appreciated. We still got a lot to get into, so let's go ahead and jump into that. Uh, We've been following everything going on with the pandemic, how it's impacting professional athletics, how it's impacting college athletics, and I've been trying to keep it focused a little bit toward Marshall, what's happening in Conference USA, group of five, things that are directly impacting the sphere that we follow. And today we find out that Western Kentucky University Athletics Director Todd Stewart, also Rick Stansberry, Marshall's uh, nemesis in basketball, the men's basketball coach at Western Kentucky, and football coach Tyson Helton, all will take a 10% salary reduction. Now, this is going to save a total of $172,000. It might not sound much, but it helps, right? So, with this amount, you're going to see maybe other departments follow. I'm not implying anyone is. I'm just saying you're going to see maybe other athletic departments follow in this. So your football coach, your basketball coach, and your athletic director taking pay cuts in an attempt to stop the bleeding. That's best way to describe it. And that's what they're doing here. And you've already seen that. Some athletic departments are cutting sports. Some athletic departments have already seen, which have been described sometimes as voluntary cuts, or the athletic departments have asked their coaches to take a voluntary pay cut. And it makes sense. If you're going to see a pay cut, your highest paid staff members can probably bear it the most. And I'm not saying anyone should take a pay cut. I never want to disappoint and say, you've got to take a pay cut. But... At the same time, they're taking pay cuts. They can bear it probably the most compared to some of their other coaches. And I think it's pretty nice, honestly, that you've got a coach deciding, okay, I can do this. I can take 10%. I can take a cut. We're in a tough situation right now. And if any cut that I take helps a a fellow coach, colleague, helps the athletic department, you know, I like to think of it this way, not, okay, we're just cutting your salary. I, I, I kind of like to think that there have been some conversations had because you've got your athletic director saying, look, I'm taking a cut. And the basketball coach, I'm taking a cut. Football coach, I'm taking a cut. Will other departments follow in Conference USA? There's a possibility. I have no basis on that other than it could happen, it could not happen. I have no basis. Do you see... Other group of five schools going down this path more, that's a possibility as well. Power of schools, do you see that? Could you see coaches at all levels starting to take cuts? I mean, already we're seeing in the professional levels, the owners have been footing the bill for the most part in the NBA. It looks like the players are going to have a reduced salary until things get back going. I don't know what's going to happen here in the long term for other sports, baseball, Hockey, what's going to happen there? We're still waiting to see if we can get the season going for those sports. There are attempts to try to make it happen. It's going to be a logistical feat to try to get it going because you've got to transport players. If you're going to do it in a smaller venue or a neutral location or an isolated area, it's going to be a logistical feat. 
to get everyone where they need to be quarantined. Of course, again, we're talking about the testing. The testing is going to be a big deal. I don't think we can just say, look, okay, we're going to open up all the baseball parks. No fans right now, but everybody, they're going to be in the baseball parks playing baseball. And then with all that travel, the schedule is going to have to be reworked somehow. That's going to be an interesting situation as well. I would think that the sports leagues want fans, might not have to go that route, though, if they could open up, offer television, radio as the only way you can watch the sport and still get the season in, get some television money in because television, needing programming, advertisers, of course, their spending is probably going to be a little reduced because we've seen that across the country, reduction in advertising. Reduction is everywhere. People are hanging on to their money. People are closed. And that's why, on a personal note, if you can support a local business, help them out. If you can. If you can support a local business. If you can shop local. If that's something you can do. If there's something that you need and you can get it locally, that's a great way to support local business. Easy said, of course, yeah, it's easy said. But. If there's somebody local that can help you out and that's an option, give them a shot first. And I don't mean just restaurants. I mean any local service. And on a personal note, I tried to spend some money with a local service. I couldn't do it, but they took so good care of me at Keaton's Body Shop that I'm coming back when it's all said and done. And they're not an advertiser with us right now, but you know what? They took good care of me. So when I am able to go back and take care of some other stuff with them, spending my money with them. And I hope you can do the same thing for all the local businesses across the tri-state. If you can spend local, do so. That's a great way to help everyone. And, of course, still, if you don't need to shop, don't. If you have to, understand. But if you don't need to go out to Walmart or to Kroger, or if you can put it off, or you can do the online, they'll bring it to your car, you can do that. That's that's a great way. That's a great way to to help everybody out because I'm going to be honest with you. I've had to be out a couple of times on essential runs, and you know what? I look and I see places that are full of cars and people, and I'm sitting here thinking, I hope everybody's there for essential needs because a lot of people were there. And we're trying to flatten this curve so we can get back to sports. So I guess what I'm saying is, hey, let's bear this as much as we can for a few more weeks at least so we can get back to at least starting to be normal again. Support local businesses, please. Stay home if you can. Social distancing. I want to see sports return. I'm missing hockey right now. I'm missing basketball. I'm missing baseball. And I know you are as well. So if you can do something extra to make sure that we can get back to this sooner than later, let's all get together. All right, when we come back from break, we'll talk a little more about college athletics. The AAC has got a plan. They're trying to figure out what's going to look like when they start football back up. We'll talk to you about it when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. I do appreciate it. You are listening to the Friday, April 17th edition for those of you on the podcast. And don't forget, if you ever miss any part of the show, you want to go back and listen to an interview or you just forgot the show was on and you need to go back and catch it, well, don't forget, you can find us wherever you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. If it's a major podcast platform, it's got our podcast and you can listen to it anytime once we upload it. Go back, listen to some classic. You know what? If you want to do this like you're doing classic football right now or classic basketball, you could go back and listen to classic episodes, maybe previews and wrap-ups of what happened, maybe the show before Marshall football game. Then you can listen to the show after. Go back, listen to it all. You know what? We might just run classic episodes. Um, um, Well, you can go on the podcast. Go ahead and get the podcast right now. Get it sent to your phone. Get it sent to your device. Whatever you're using, you can find easy. I'm saying you can find it easy. Just start searching today. The Drive with Pulse One. Do appreciate it. So when we do get back to college football, whenever that's going to be, whatever it's going to look like, these leagues are starting to try to formulate that plan now. So the American Athletic Conference, they think they think it's going to take about six to eight weeks to prepare for the start of a season. So they put together a, a task force. Everybody's got a task force. And they're thinking six weeks. That's the consensus, six weeks. They say six to eight weeks, but here's what Mike Oresco said. Six to eight weeks, but I think the consensus tends to settle on six with a couple of weeks of conditioning because you don't know what kind of shape the kids are in before you even start camp. I mean, that's true. Some of these kids are probably going to be in great shape because they have access to workout facilities or they've got access to the proper equipment. Some, maybe not so much. And, of course, you talk about nutrition. Everything these kids do, pretty structured, pretty set. Nutrition, workouts, when they work out, how they work out. And now we're going to see which kids work harder or which kids were able to work harder. Because some kids might have to just depend on, all right, I'm going to run every day. I'm going to do push-ups. I'm going to run. I don't have access to weights. I don't have access to anything other than, well, I'm going to go out and dig some holes in the ground. I'm going to do that old-fashioned workout. So that's what we're looking at. And this uh, task force consists of Cincinnati football coach Luke Fickle, Memphis football coach, Tulane's athletic director, Temple's athletic director, and they're trying to put together various scenarios. And I'm sure Conference USA is doing the same as well. The thing here is whatever it looks like, it's got to be pretty organized. It's got to be uniform, and I don't know how you do that from state to state because here's the other thing that I don't think we're really focusing on just yet. What's this going to look like once we start trying to get back to going to school, trying to get back to playing sports? What's this going to look like on a state-to-state basis? Because one state might be open, one state might not be. Florida might be open. Ohio might not be. West Virginia might be open. Texas might not be. 
you see where I'm going with this? You got to make sure kids are in school. That's the first thing. Kids have got to be in school. If kids are not in school, student athletes, I'm sorry, student athletes, I mean, they're kids to me, but student athletes, these young men and women are not in classes on campus, then you're not having this. This isn't happening. And it's going to be different for each state and each school. Marshall University might deem, look, it's not safe right now. We don't feel confident in bringing students back to this campus environment for the following semester, the fall semester. They might have that decision made. That decision might be made for them. Same thing at West Virginia, same thing at Kentucky, Ohio State, Ohio University, Western Kentucky. If Western Kentucky is not able to go back to school, then Marshall is. Does Western Kentucky feel the team? I mean, these are some of the questions I've got. And I know it's still a little too soon. you got to plan for all of this. And I give Mike Hammer credit, Marshall's athletic director. I mean, he's planning as if, look, we're planning as if we got a football game. We're planning for football taking place. We have not been told we're not playing that game. So until that happens, we're planning for it. And as he should, as the university should, as the athletic department should. You can't just say, all right, we'll, we'll see you in a couple months. Hopefully we get a game. No, he's got a plan for we're going to have a game. And he's got a plan for, okay, we're not going to have a game now, but we're going to have a game later. And he's also got a plan for, okay, we're not going to have games now, and we're going to have games much later. Or he's got a plan for we're going to have less games much later. Or he's got a plan for we got to rework the schedule because we're going to have games way later. Maybe spring. He's got to work all those details out, and he's got to do that with the other universities as well because, again, Marshall might be able to play. Western Kentucky might not be. What's that do to the schedule? How do you attack that? Or do you wait till everything is uniform? Again, these are so many questions, and honestly, I'm glad I'm not in that position to deal with this. I'm just speculating. I'm just speculating what could happen. I'm asking questions. The guys that have got to deal with it, like Mr. Hamrick, those are the guys that are working hard and working, I'm sure, every day trying to figure out what's the next move. And thankfully, I think he's doing a good job with Marshall right now, especially reading his comments from yesterday, the way he's attacking this, and the fact that you can honestly say he's thinking about, how am I going to keep this together? Not, okay, you know what? I think I'm going to cut some things. Yep, I'm just going to cut a sport. I'm going to use this as an excuse. Yeah, I don't get that vibe from him whatsoever. And that's going to do it for this edition. I appreciate the head coach of the Marshall Women's Soccer Team, Michael Swan, joining me on the program. I thank him for being a part of today's program. We'll be back on Monday live at 5.06, as we always are. And don't forget, if you do miss any part of the show, you can go back anytime. You can get classic episodes. You can get the current episodes just by downloading the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. Wherever you get your podcast is where you're going to find the drive. For the head coach of the Marshall soccer team, I thank him. I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.